Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Into the Foggast podcast. This week we have another guest, so please guest, tell us who you are and who you main. Hey everyone, uh, my name is SK, I am a Ghostface main uh, from Twitch, I from Oceana, I guess. Uh, I've been playing Ghostface since he's released for about a few years or so now. So for those of you that don't know, Ghostface is from a really big franchise and I love the films. But in this game, he isn't someone that I play very often. And it's not because he's not strong, because he really is. It's because he has a really slow play style. And I'm the kind of killer that likes to get in early and get some quick downs. But what made you pick up this killer? Uh, I'd probably say he isn't... Uh, a lot of times it depends on how you play him. He can sometimes not feel like a slow killer. But I guess the main thing that got me into it was at first just because I really liked the screen movies and I just liked the concept of the character I always like really liked Michael Myers but I thought his power was a bit like he had a lot of issues so it just felt like an adjusted version of it uh and I guess after a while after I saw the like found out about the ghost phase leaderboards and how I was like pretty high up there I guess that sort of like encouraged me a little more to play him uh more than the others and yeah, I guess just after that, I just started learning more about him and I just started going from there. Uh, and now I've just started playing him a lot more since then. Thanks for agreeing to do this interview, SK. It's really great to have you here. Uh, so let's start with your build. There's many kinds of builds out there from the most efficient builds, fun builds and builds people like to run on a regular basis. So let's talk about yours. What works for you and why do you run it? So my build right now, I, I mostly basically use the exact same build in terms of the perks for most games. I might tweak it up a bit. I mostly use Play the Food, Agitation, Fire Up, and Save the Best for Last. Uh, I use this because it's a lot of. There is a lot of reasons for a few packs, but I think the biggest one is just it is the build that like brings the most enjoyment to me. Uh, there's not much gen slowdown, so it just usually feels like my games go on for a medium length of time. But because I've got a lot of chase and a lot of things that speed things up, like Agitation. Uh, it feels like every single second I'm like a in the action, I guess. And a lot of the time it just, yeah, it just feels very enjoyable. So for my perk, I'm up for my add-ons. I, I think there's probably like five or six variations I'm usually, usually using. One's uh, Philly, which is 20% faster stalk speed and matchbook, which is six second faster cooldown, which was just like a general build. Then I might be using either like double ultra rares, uh, ghost face caught on tape and drop leg, or uh, something something with driver's license. Just builds around those things, I'd say. Uh, and all of them, I guess, have their all ups and downs, and they're all really enjoyable. So there are currently hundred killer perks in the game, in which thirty come from licensed killers, which people have to pay money for. There are a lot of new and old players out there that still might not have any of these yet. So let's focus on the 70 perks that are available to everyone. Do you have any builds that you can share that are worth running? So I'd probably say uh, for base full perks, I'd probably say that, uh, I mean, there's a lot of base full perks that are pretty good for Ghostface. Uh, so one of them's Jolt because he is an M1 killer. So he doesn't really have any issue with, uh, I guess, using have to, trying not to use his power to down people to apply it more often. Uh, and also, if you're just getting into Ghostface, I'd say Sloppy Butcher is a good choice. I'd probably say it isn't 
once you get onto that, like once you play more ghost face and get to like a higher skill ghost face, because he is a one shot down killer. So you usually want to, I guess, use that more often than I guess, keep him injured. If they're all injured because of sloppy, it doesn't really get as much value, I'd say. But in the meantime, it's really good if you're still learning to stalk people and get that power value. Right, well, there are occasions where even those who have the most play to win kind of mentality want to have a game with a less than optimal build, whether it would be to give themselves an intentional disadvantage or to have some fun with the survivors with a gimmicky meme build. Could you share with us any such meme or gimmicky builds you like to use for fun? Uh, so for Ghostface, he's got a really fun, I guess, this is a pretty strong build, so um, but it also is a pretty meme thing as well, I'd say. So uh, Ghostface has an add-on called Driver's License, where whenever he exposes someone on a generator, that generator gets blocked uh, for 16 seconds and loses 20% progress, from what I remember. Uh, that one on some maps, especially Dead Dog Saloon, can be extremely fun because that map, there is a lot of generators where if they work on it, they can't really... You're, they're always in line of sight and they can't really avoid not getting stalked on them, such as the main building gen or the one on the gallows. There's also all the ones like in the open field, uh, open roadways and all that. Because of that, you can just basically expose them over and over again on those gens and just... It's, it's extremely fun and probably very irritating for those survivors. Uh, you can bring perks like Discordance as well uh, when you verse them with that, and it is it is extremely fun. I know you touched upon a few add-ons already, but when picking a build, one of the most important things to most people are the add-ons. So it can change the game entirely, whether it's to get someone exposed quicker, makes you quicker, reduces cooldown, or even just to slow the game down. So of all the add-ons available to you, what would you run, what would you recommend, and what would you avoid? Uh, in terms of what I run, uh, usually, I guess, beforehand, before a game starts, I'd probably just choose... Uh, I don't put a ton of thought into it, but I guess one of the main... I usually use the uh, Matchbook and Philly just as a double combo, just as a base game build, I guess, where it's like those two... Uh, add-ons, both add-ons that you, one's 20% faster stalk all around and one's six second faster cooldown. It doesn't add another thing onto it where it's like you might have to expose them on a gen. So it really works on all maps. Usually I might just use that as a just a base choice uh, or if I'm just still warming up. I'd probably say that build is also, it's good for all levels, but it's probably the best build for beginner ghost faces as well because that build you sort of don't have to, if you're struggling to lean stalk, which gives you twice as much stalk, which you should probably do as much as you can. If you're struggling to do that, uh, the 20% all around stalk helps out and doesn't make it essential to lean stalk. Uh, and also the six second faster cooldown helps if you're struggling with people revealing you. But uh, beyond that, I might bring something like driver's license to expose them on gens. Usually just I, I'd swap it around. There's nothing no specific things I'd really think of. I might just go like, hey, I'm going to do this for a change. Though, I guess sometimes uh, if I recognize a survivor name in the lobby, a lot of times I, I mean, because I'm in Oceana, there is, it's probably a bit of a smaller pool than other regions. So I might come across specific survivors more often. And some of them I can sort of remember. I'm like, okay, these guys always use Sprint Burst or like just teams that I know give me a hard time with a lot of certain exhaustion perks 
those times when I might see those ones survivors specifically, I might go like, okay, I might just choose to bring the add-on to expose them uh, if I stalk them. That way, if I see them, I guess I'm not going to have to like get them 99 sprint burst in my face over and over. And it just sort of gives me a bit of a sort of bit of an upper hand in that sense. Uh, yeah, in terms of that, I'd probably say, yeah, Ghostfaces, I love Ghostfaces better add-ons. I'd probably say it they're better off if you're only if you know the character a lot more. Stuff like uh the ultra res and all that, they're great. But if you're if you can't get like consistent one shutdowns or consistent like value out of it, you might just be better off with the common ones because those are just as good uh, and a lot better at low levels. So getting the right perks and add-ons are very important, but getting the strategy right is equally as important as it is how the game is played. So I want to talk a bit more about your strategy. When you load into a trial, what are your preferred maps? And what strategy do you adopt based on the perks and add-ons that you bring in on a regular basis? So preferred maps for Green Space, uh, a lot of people would usually think indoor maps have uh, probably the most, the best ones. I'd probably say they are extremely good for him, but uh, one of the issues with them is because there's always a low line of sight, they're always looking at one certain direction. So a lot of times if you're doing a certain build, indoor maps could be a lot worse. So if you're doing a map, a build like driver's license where you have to expose them on gens, they might be in a small room. There's only like one or two places you can really come from and you can only do close range stalks. So it can really be a pain because of that. But beyond that, I'd probably say those are really good maps. I already went into this a little before, but Dead Dog Saloon is probably my favorite map for Ghostface and is just amazing in general. Uh, in terms of maps, other maps that might not be as good, one is one that I get way too much and really annoys me is Gas Heaven. I don't know why. I Maybe it's just me, but it seems like a lot of my... I think Dead by Daylight has a higher drop rate for a lot of the base game maps, especially Auto Haven. And beyond that, a lot of survivors love bringing those Auto Haven offerings. Um, it's extremely bad for, I mean, Gas 7, it's bad for most killers, but especially Ghostface, because a lot of the loops on Gas 7, uh, they're very low to the ground and jagged, or the trash pile loops. And those ones, you can't really stalk over them unless you're really close up to it. And they're extremely easy to get revealed on, uh, and you can't lean stock off them. They're basically just built to just destroy Ghostface in loops. Same with the uh, truck loop. If you're a killer like Trickster, it is the best thing ever, but for Ghostface, it is just absolutely awful. But yeah, uh, beyond that though, uh, yeah, I'd probably just... Usually my main thought when I first load into a game is I guess I'd try and get a few 99s and a few stalks. I'd probably just want to get like a jump on the survivor really early on before they realize it's a ghost face. Uh, most often though. So when you're going into a match, you have to assess your strategy based on the perks and add-ons that you have and the map that you load into as well, just as we um, previously went over. But it also depends on the survivors that you're likely to face because you get many survivors that do play differently. You get ones that know how to loot better, they'll have better tile knowledge than other survivors, and some are just plain old W gamers. Uh, so do you opt to change your playstyle based on how the survivors play? Or is it, do you have just some kind of one trick routine or strategy that you like to stick to because it works for you? Uh, sometimes I do change it around a lot based off how the game's going or how they're playing. Uh, a lot of times, I guess, 
because my build doesn't really have any gen slowdown, I, a lot of times if I'm having struggling to get a few hooks to be my pressure for those other survivors to stop doing gens and go save and all that, I sort of have to go like gens go by extremely fast. So sometimes I might just have to say, okay, I might have to just, my play now is trying to snowball during endgame. So fire up, uh, another one of the perks I bring and also save the best for last are both extremely good for endgame collapse. Well, just on oh no, end endgame in general, because I guess I can just pick people up faster and also agitation as well. If they're taking hits in endgame while running to the gate with save the best, it is, you can just counter them hard. And it's the amount of like 4Ks or just snowballs I've gotten just from that alone is just absolutely nuts. Play the food, uh, one of the perks I haven't talked about much on this, but I do use a lot. Uh, a lot of, it really does help with countering survivors who just hold W. Because it's it's great in Ghostface, mainly for the aspect that like he's a one-shot down killer. And his power sort of takes advantage of that. If you have three stacks to play the food and you down one person, you're at two stacks now. You're not at one stack because you have to hit them twice. A lot of the other one shot down killers, they all, they both, well, they benefit from that, but usually there's a reason why it doesn't work on them. Like Hillbilly, you can do that, but if you, every time you do the chainsaw dash, you're losing a stack. So you're sort of having to not use it for mobility if you want to use it. Ghostface doesn't have that. He's an M1 killer, so. Uh, yeah, he benefits a lot off that. The one thing a lot of people don't realize about the chase uh, mechanic is it's based off how long you've been in chase, but also how far you are from them. So if you start a chase and they just hold W and you don't follow them in that direction, you might go backwards a little bit even. If they're holding W, that chase is going to end instantly and you're going to get a stack of that. So if you have a survivor who's sort of like maybe there's a gen that's 99 and they're doing it right in front of your face. You can start a chase. They're going to run away once you start pushing to them. You're going to get a stack. And then they're, once they realize you're not chasing them, they're going to go back to that. And them just playing like that, that's just going to give you a lot of stacks. And as long as you are playing like a one shutdown killer or you're consistently using those one shutdowns, it should uh, work a lot in your favor. So using both play with your food and save the best for last, then that means you leave the obsession alone as often as you can, right? As in like not hitting them. Do you get a lot of people that kind of figure that out for themselves and um, you'll get the obsession trying to be as much of a nuisance as possible or a lot of survivors just clueless? Well, uh, usually there is a lot of survivors who do those sorts of things. Uh, and honestly, it's if you're the obsession, it's just better off just like, if, you're, if they're playing really in my face, it doesn't even matter usually because uh, if they are, then it's just feeding me play the food stacks. Uh, say the best for last. I mean, the biggest thing about that is just you'd have to sort of one shut down them. Or I guess you just want to make sure you one shut down the obsession because because you're a one shut down killer, you're not getting as much stacks against if you one shut down them, other survivors. So if you're hitting the obsession twice, you lose four stacks, you're... It's, it's really hard to get those stacks back. But yeah, there's, there's a group of survivors who love to sort of like, it's, it's not really much of a strat, but they've sort of like this realize they can, if they're the obsession, they can walk around the map. And because you walk uh, instead of run, it means that you can't, you can't start a chase if you're walking around. So because of that, they only walk. Uh, it's, so some people counter it like that, but to be completely honest, 
it's not much of a strat because I can just get three downs out of them and then it's a 3v1. I, I don't know why people still... I, people are convinced that it's like the hard counter to it, but the biggest hard... Like to counterplay the food, all you got to do is make sure you're consistently healed and like not make... The obsession don't like let feed stacks and make sure you're sort of countering the one shutdown because if you're not getting one shutdowns and I'm having to hit people twice, you can't keep stacks. Totems have always been a big part of how people play, and it can change the game entirely by either hindering or helping of both sides. So last year, they released Boon Totems, and these alone became a powerful tool for survivors. So as a killer, you were either forced to leave them alone and face the consequences, or snuff them only to find out 20 seconds later that they're back up. So let's talk more about Totems, and more specifically, Totem Spawns. Do you think they're in a good place or do you think more changes are needed? I think it's, well, I mean, for Ghostface, he definitely is, doesn't really get affected as much for Boon Totems because he's a one, well, I mean, I think the biggest one is Circle of Healing because that one, I guess you're able to heal up at a much more constant basis. But I think the aspect of them making like gens a lot slower has sort of nerfed it a lot on top, like been a soft nerf. Because if someone's spending like time rebooting it over and over, they're sort of wasting a lot of time. The The biggest thing now is every survive has to be pretty full on on the gens for them to get done. And it's it's not practical if they're rebooting it a lot. But I'd say totems are, or I mean, boons are generally a lot, not as OP as they used to be. And it's not a huge issue now. I definitely say one map where it is a very huge issue is Midwitch, because Midwitch it's there's very little ways to go up and down the floors. If you have a totem upstairs in one certain area, because it's a small map, that boon totem, the radius affects almost a third of the map. It's I don't know the exact amount, but it's basically no matter where you are on the map, you're probably like five or ten seconds run away from getting into that boon area and healing yourself up with it. So it really doesn't matter too much where you are. And as killer, if you have like a totem upstairs in a corner and you're downstairs, like right, and even if the totem's right above you, you have to go to the other side of the map to go to those staircases, go upstairs and then go all the way back, go into that certain room and then snuff it. It it takes a lot of time to snuff it on Midwitch. In other maps, like the game and all that it still it's not as bad because there's always staircases even in the middle of the maps midwitch is just really hard to get upstairs it's a huge pain i'd say it's huge on that but yeah i'd probably say boon totems are also i i guess yeah it's the biggest thing is just circle of healing is just the strongest it's it's like i don't think anyone else would run it run other ones unless they have circle of healing uh they can't really buff the other ones i i i don't know what they can do with that aspect i guess so you mentioned about the totems being on different floors. Do you think it would still hurt the developers if they made it so that if you booned it on the top floor, you can only heal from the top floor? I don't think, I think that would be like a really good change for it. I think like perks like Shadow Step and uh, Exponential, or actually probably, they, they'd probably still be fine. I'm thinking of like, uh, yeah, I, I think it would be the best choice to sort of do it so it fixes that. Because, yeah, some maps, especially, yeah, just, I guess the main one being Midwitch, 
usually if they did make it just one floor, you can still just like run upstairs as survivor and still get it fairly fast, but it's just not like it affects the entire map and it's just not as much of a pain to do it for killer. Uh, well, it's not like it's like map wide, I guess. If they, maybe some killer perks where they can sort of like break them or deal with them a little easier uh, without having to go all the way up might be a nice change as well. Uh, maybe like, yeah, they, if they were to do that, it might have to be like pretty limiting. It's, it's hard to nerf boons as a whole uh, because a lot of the boon perks, a, lo a lot of them are already pretty weak. So if you nerf boons as a whole, you're sort of nerfing, yeah, all of them suffer. Uh, when, yeah, you know, I, I think it, I, I think it might just have to do with the radius of effects. Like perks like Circle of Healing, it's the the radius is completely fine, but perks like Exponential, I mean, it wouldn't hurt to like give it even more because, uh, yeah, I, I don't know if they can make it so then different boons have different radiuses. Maybe that might be a nice change. Uh, but yeah, it's sort of tough because they all have the same uh values. So having played with Ghostface a lot, you must have had some great matches, whether it's been against high-profile players, teams, various content creators, to insane downs or just extraordinarily clutch moments uh, that even surprise yourself. Do you think you could share some of these with us? Uh, I Probably off the bat, I, I can't think of a specific game, but there's been a ton of games where I've gotten value just because of uh, Drop Leg Knife Sheath, uh, just like a very meme like just a meme thing where I can just sort of use that to snowball. Because Drop Leg Knife Sheath, the one where if you expose a survivor, you get a 10% faster movement speed. If you expose like multiple people at once, that actually stacks. It's it's a five second amount, so it isn't much. But if you expose like three people at once, you can just go for, you just get a crazy movement speed boost and you can just do a huge lunge. Uh, it's, it's extremely situational, but so many times just from that in endgame, I've been able to use that I, I do that against the team who are like way in front of me and i'm able to get down off that and then if i'm bringing like ghost face caught on tape where i get my power back after it down i i can just like sort of chain them together and just get a 4k slug uh just from doing something crazy like that uh a lot of, a lot of the times i one combo that i guess gets me a lot of like crazy plays is fire up and save vs blast and agi all together because if i'm hitting someone with like agitation and we'll see the best blast and while carrying someone they don't notice the fast weapon clean so i'm able to like hit them twice uh if they don't run away using that speed boost or just like fire up the faster pickup speed they might go for a flashlight save and then i'm because of the different timing they mess it up i'm zooming right towards them and I get it down just off that so with the amount of time that you've been playing ghostface you must have some great advice that you can share with us so what advice would you give to new players or even your past self? Probably, I guess, just focus, focus most uh, when you're playing Ghostface on learning how to lean stalk off different objects. Because almost all objects, uh, as long as they're tall enough or you can usually like lean stalk off of them. So you just sort of have to learn the exact angles and it's, it's a very finicky thing to learn. But once you do, uh, you can just sort of improve on that consistently and then it's just a matter of like how fast you can like lean stalk off that i'd probably say uh learning that would be uh the best thing and also a really simple tip that a lot of helps a bunch of ghost face is whenever someone goes to reveal you you hear that reveal noise 
just crouch or just you want to hide like block your line of sight but just instinctively crouch because sometimes just even crouching just makes it a slight bit harder for them to reveal and cut it off or just even if there's like long grass crouching might just like block enough of your body to cover like hide the reveal and then just cut it off and then you can like sort of get behind something uh and then hide from the reveal you'll still have your power those two aspects uh yeah if you can play into that a lot and yeah learn the hang of those uh you can probably i guess you those are the biggest things for learning ghostface i'd say so i want to talk a little bit about tiles and more specifically your favorite tile whether it'll be the jungle gym the lt wall long walls killer shack or any kind of map specific tile or main building uh, what is your favorite tile and why? Uh, I don't really have much of a favorite tile. I think a lot of time it, they are getting rid of a lot of the, I guess, very well-known uh, tiles as well, I've noticed, or like the LT wall and all that. A lot of those are becoming a lot less common on like maps like Autohaven and Macmillan with the new tiles. I, I do like the Killer Shack one because I think that one can be pretty fun on Killer and Survivor, sided, uh, Survivor side. It's It's strong for Survivor, but you can definitely still mind game it as killer. So it always gives a fun, uh, I guess, little chase for that. Uh, a lot of them do change. A lot of them, even if there is an LT wall and all that, on different realms, they're also still slightly different. Like, they might be slightly longer and all that. Or they might be, like, tall enough to see them over it or something. Uh, yeah, I, I guess just with tiles, I especially hate the auto haven ones. But, yeah, I, I do. I like a lot of the uh, Dead Dog Saloon ones. A lot of them, well, I mean, a lot of them, they're just like break the killer shack or break the breakable wall, and then it's, it's you can sort of deal with it better as killer. Yeah, I, I think that's just the biggest thing. Uh, I, I don't mind most loops, though. Generator speeds have always been an issue for killers. And in recent times, they've gotten a lot better with perks and changes to the time it takes for a generator to complete. But with that being said, it's hard for the devs to balance out the game based on some killers being stronger than others. But what are your thoughts on these generator speeds? I think this has probably been said by 90% of big content creators and just like everyone at this point. But I think with that aspect, the biggest killer that we're all thinking of is Nurse. Uh, it's a lot of the gen perks now, I've noticed, it does make it sort of tricky because a lot of them, it's to get the value out of it, you have to get it down out of it as well. Which sort of means like perks like eruption uh, on killers that can with high mobility and high down value like nurse and all that they it snowballs in strength so much because if you can get downs faster you can apply it much much more often so killer weaker killers don't get as much value from it if they struggle to get downs and chase but killers like nurse and blight or just if you're a decent killer uh, it just becomes like a thousand times stronger. So, yeah, it's, I guess we've gone from a, a meta of, like, ruin, undying and all that, where it's, like, it's sort of, like, base game regression to the point where it's, like, um, our gen slowdowns are extremely strong on, like, killer, really strong killers, but not that strong on blight, or not, not that strong on, uh, I guess, on much weaker killers who don't have that down potential. In order to fix it, I mean, I guess they'd, they'd have to, like, I think it's just those specific killers. They'd have to just like nerf them a lot. And also, yeah, I, I prefer the aspect of like, you know, not having to like gen slowdown perks, not being like base game and you have to get the value out of it. But 
Yeah, maybe just perks like eruption and all that. I guess they're just way too easy to apply now. So MMR is something that Behaviour have put in to help make matches fairer for everyone, with each individual skill level trying to be as close to each other as possible. There have been many different opinions on this matter, ranging from it should have never been implemented in the first place, to MMR has been a good change to my matches as I'm not getting as many cracked survivors juicing me for 5 gens. And some in-between reactions as well, thinking it's a good intention, just a rather primitive way of measuring MMR, with it being just kills versus escapes, depending on what side you're on. So tell us from your own experience, your thoughts on MMR, and how it has affected your games with the Ghostface. I'd say MMR, it probably is more or less, I haven't noticed a huge difference with a lot of my, uh, I guess, higher, at least now, with the current MMR. I haven't sort of gotten, well, I mean, I'd say the biggest thing is I might be getting it like, you know, late in the night when there's not as much players. I might just get the same different survivors slightly more often because if they're all high MMR and I'm high MMR myself, it just sort of like naturally puts us together more often. Though when people say like it shouldn't have been implemented, to be completely honest, it's it's just so silly because I remember like back at that point in time, the matchmaking beforehand was very, it was much worse. Well, I mean, I, I'd i say compared to like this current MMR, it's, they're still improving it over time. Like the current MMR we have isn't perfect, but yeah, I think people just look back on the old MMR with rose-colored glasses. It was very bad. I remember there was a lot of boycotts saying like, if there was boy, literally boycotts saying like, if M- DVD doesn't fix the MMR, we're, we're quitting the game. That was a very common thing, and I think most uh, like content creators at the time said the biggest issue was the MMR. But yeah, yeah, the current MMR is. I, I think they are still improving it. It isn't perfect, but yeah, I, I'd say. I mean, maybe just for me, I, I don't really mind too much uh, the matchmaking. As long as I get like fast matches, I'd want close games, but not like you know steamrolling easy players. I but yeah, I, I don't know. I get. Yeah, my match, my, my queue times have been getting a little longer now, which I don't know if it's because of MMR or because there's more players playing killer now. I'd probably hope that gets changed a bit. But yeah, I, I'd say... I, I, don't, I don't really know. I'd, I'd definitely say uh, the new change they've got coming out where it's like about team-based matchmaking, that seems like a really good change too. I'm really looking forward to that, uh, where it bases you off teams as well and solo. Yeah, that's a really nice change that's coming forward so that you don't have to... Uh, sacrificing yourself so that the team can escape won't result in lower MMR for yourself in the end. Uh, was that one of the things they said? I that, Yeah, that was one of the th- changes coming in. So if, if you died at the end game, your MMR will be based off of a whole team's um, oh. input in the game right? as well. So one person dies, they won't... I don't think they'll lose MMR. Okay. They'll probably get um, some sort of reward for it rather than a flat loss. I must have read that. I must, I think I, I, I sort of like thought of it as like, I thought it was like a thing where it was like, if you sort of like, if you're in a team, if you're in a survivor friends, your MMR will be a different based off how you play in teams versus how you do in solo queue. I thought it was something like that, but yeah, yeah that concept also does seem pretty good because uh, yeah, a lot of the times. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost certain I read it like that as well. Yeah, I, I think certain. I, I didn't, I just sort of skimmed it to be completely honest. I think it is yeah. like what you're well, saying, but yeah. That seems really good. One of the other nice changes I noticed with the upcoming um, MMR sort of changes as well is that if you haven't played 
uh, a certain role or killer or a certain killer for so long, they're going to have like a, a little bit of MMR decay. Not decay, but mm. if you lose a game after not playing for so long, your MMR will go down a little bit more so that it yeah. puts you in a, a lower MMR slightly faster to try and uh, get the feel back for, for whatever killer you're playing as. Yeah, I always thought they had something like that beforehand anyways. that's Yeah, that's also a really good change. I, I don't get why... I, I think a lot of people also... Because it's an invisible number, I don't why know why people mind too much about it going down or up or anything. Uh, hopefully, yeah, I, I, I'm glad they're not showing it because I think a lot of people would be like, you know, like looking at it and comparing themselves if comparing, like blaming that if they win or lose. But yeah, you get a bunch of elitists popping up saying mine's better than yours. Yeah, I remember with the rank system, a lot of times you'd see screenshots of people showing like showing how like they're versing a four, group of four rank ones and going like why am i getting like these people like these guys are so much higher ranks than me this is unfair so it, i guess it beats mm -hmm. I, I mean i guess they would be they wouldn't have to do it with that i guess so going against the very killer you main can be quite the experience being a main for that particular killer you've got a better insight than most about what they can and can't do and the add-ons they might be using and knowing their limits. When you're playing Survivor, do you enjoy going against Ghostface? I definitely enjoy going against Ghostface myself because uh, I sort of like, because I play it a lot myself, I sort of know the things that like, he like it hurts him and or I guess benefits of him uh, and all that. So I can sort of play into that. A lot of the times I verse Ghostface, to be completely honest, I get a lot of like new, I don't see much Ghostfaces, but usually when I do, they're usually more newer players. Or they might just be, they just seem to be like playing Ghostface because they like being able to teabag. It's, it's something like that, to be honest. Uh, when I am bursting like experienced Ghostfaces though, it was very fun because I know the, I guess know all the strats, like if to get them out of reveal. Uh, a lot of times people try and reveal Ghostface when he's like nearby objects. And if you're a decent Ghostface, you can always just jump undercover. So I sort of like wait for them to jump in, stay in a spot where there's not like they're in an open field or something then just jump out and catch them when they can't do anything dbd has gone through so many changes from balancing to perk changes to complete readjustment of some killers and so this begs the question what do you think to the current state of dbd do you think they're heading in the right direction do you have any advice that you think might help them head in the right direction I think they definitely are heading in the, I guess, right direction. Uh, they A lot of the changes, especially a lot of the stuff in the 6.1 update, has been very positive uh, for DBD. But uh, yeah, maybe I'd say a lot of the things they're changing and a lot of the, I guess, the time it takes for them to change uh, has sort of been an issue. Yeah, maybe it's, I guess, one of the biggest things is like the speed that they're sort of doing it now more so. Because killers, like, I, I remember like a year back, we'd, be getting like a map rework a new killer rework like i guess every mid chapter and now it's sort of like slowed down with a lot of the big i think they are more focusing on like the wide base game changes uh like the 6.1 update but yeah at the same time just killers like with the new slugging uh system that they're changing the finisher mori if they leave behind killers like the twins i think they're just gonna suffer a lot the the new change for the new system i i think it is a generally a good it, it seems generally good but yeah just killers some killers are just gonna be left behind by it and i'd i'd probably hope that yeah i guess we get some of those changes and 
tweaks to different killers like Nurse a bit faster. And we spoke to a Twins main um, not so long ago, and he said that it doesn't really affect him that much, the new change, because, you know, as a Twins anyway, you're not supposed to be slugging, like, multiple people constantly anyway, because it hurts you in the long run. Yeah, tr- oh yeah, true. Uh, yeah, I think it in a lot of aspects, it is sort of like... The, the slugging system is good if you can... Killers that slug a lot, it's good if you can snowball with it, if you can get four people downs quick. I guess just more... I mean, yeah, I'm not a Twins main too much, so I can't really say too much myself, but I, I do know that, like, their killer does sort of, like... is sort of forced to slug a lot, I'd say. If you can get, like, pick them up in time, it probably would be uh, good, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Twins sort of just can't, like, they, if they down someone's Victor, they have to swap back to Charlotte and walk all the way there. So because of that, I guess, I, I'm just assuming they'd, maybe they'd be able to get up back in time or something. Twins, either way, I guess, has a lot of issues. But um, if, I guess, they're sort of, like, not hurting as much for the new system, that would be perfect then. So there's a few different ways to play Ghostface. Some people only go for exposures and some go for a more hit and run tactic using his night shroud for them easier surprise attacks what's your preferred play style uh I'd, you definitely would be wanting to i guess want uh one shot down as much as you can because i guess that is a huge aspect with it the hit and run aspect is definitely it it just seems i i don't think i see as much people do it now uh, than what they used to but still at the same time though it is definitely like it's a bit outdated, I'd say. Uh, if you're going to be doing like the hit and run aspect, I I don't see why you wouldn't just play a killer like Wraith, who would who gets I guess invis like stealth, but then also gets high mobility out of it and a speed boost out of their invisibility that you can use to get downs as well. That just seems like the better choice. But yeah, usually I would sort of do a mix. Uh, I'd say I try and. 99 and get as much people injured as I can but yeah sometimes with say the best for last what I do is I can hit them and then because I still have my power ready to go say the best for last I can quickly quickly clean my weapon and 99 them before they make it like hide can get it behind something in time as well that way if they heal up then they're still 99 and if I'm stalking someone else uh they if I'm stalking someone else and then they jump to reveal me from behind I can just like turn around, expose them, and that way, I guess it blocks the reveal. So how often do you come across savvy survivors who get an inkling that they are being stalked and try and force an M1 so that their stalk progress disappears? I don't come across it very much. I know there are some that do do it. Uh, Because I, I guess, a lot of Ghostface's changes, like the fast cooldown, uh, ones that do do it, it isn't really a huge, I mean, if I, I get my cooldown so quick that I can, this just sort of like wasting time. Uh, I can all I have to do is like spend like five or six seconds avoiding them, and then just if they're in front of my face trying to force them one shut down, I can just expose them instantly and down them. I guess because I've got agitation as well, usually that does. If they're doing it while I'm carrying someone to a hook, it also doesn't hurt too much because, but I mean I can get a stack off it maybe, but then also uh, I can just or. I can avoid it if I do want to like keep that one shot down. I can just go to another hook. Doing it, I guess, because I can like neat lean stalk and get stalks really quick anyways. If they do do it when injured, it isn't the worst I worst thing. I can just lean stalk and get a one shot like ninety nine, uh, pretty easy either way. 
So would you complete an exposure on a survivor the first chance you get once they're sort of like 99 whether you're at a distance or not? Or do you wait it out until you're in a better position to get an easier, quicker down and then finish the exposure once you're a bit closer? I think it's always better to do it when you are as close as you can, uh, because then that way uh, you, I mean, it is less likely that they can outrun the expose, but also usually what I try and do as much as I can is I try and do it like keep them 99 mid chase till I'm right about to down them. And then I can just like do it at the exact same time. Cause if you expose, even if you are like positive, you can get like, you can down them in within 60 seconds before their expose runs out. It's best to just keep them 99 anyways, because you never know when they might like, there might be a scenario where you might realize, okay, I got to stop chasing this survivor and go for someone else. And now you've exposed them, uh, that time has got to go down and you sort of waste that. So keeping them 99 for as much as you can in chase, sort of like it doesn't keep you locked into that chase to make sure you get value. You can sort of leave them. Uh, if, if you have to leave the chase, maybe if it's like you see a 99 gen or your like Tinker or Discordance or something pops. Yeah, you can keep their 99th later and it's not a huge deal. Uh, one thing I might do is I might just keep them 99s and then once I hear that they're trying to reveal me, then I expose them, like, right as they reveal. Usually I just do it, like, then, just to... I guess it's the last second I can expose them, so I, it just seems like the perfect time. Sometimes they even just, like, I guess them looking backwards trying to reveal you. They might not look where they're running because of that, and I might be able to get it down out of that as well. What steps could you take to try and avoid being detected too often while you're in Night Shroud? I'd say the big things is keep aware of your surroundings just to make sure you, if you know someone's trying to reveal you, uh, it's, I guess, yeah, don't just like, if you know someone like behind you is like looking right at you, don't go into stealth knowing that you're going to, because you know you're going to instantly get knocked down for reveal. But uh, hugging objects when people are trying to reveal you is a really good strat because, I mean, if you think of their sort of like, so if you're getting revealed by someone, crouch instantly. And if there's like, say like a, a tile, like a small low tile, just like hug up to it. Uh, because if they're on the other side, if you think of it as like a, if you think of their stalk as like sort of like a bullet, maybe you're just sort of like covering as much of your body as you can uh, from their line of sight. So yeah, doing that as much as you can is probably the best thing. Uh, I usually just 99 people to help deal with people exposing me as well because of that because exposed or marked people can't reveal you so you can sort of just like 99 even injured people as well uh just so then when you're committed in chase and someone's trying to reveal you when you don't want them to you can just like expose them just to block their reveal and keep it like that i, I know i mentioned that earlier but uh yeah that's been a really good strat since they've reworked ghost face some people aren't aware that they can be stalked through even the tiniest gaps like the cracks in shack walls, just like some projectiles of other killers can go through these very gaps like Destiny's Harpoon and Trickster's Knives. Other than the shack walls, are there any other sneaky places you can get some stalking off, of, stalking off on survivors who otherwise might not know it would be possible? Uh, I'd probably say there are a few places uh, with anything with, like uh, I guess, like small holes between... Uh, you can sort of do it. Uh, a lot of the tiles on, like, say, I mean, a lot through a lot of windows. I, I know that's sort of obvious, but uh, you can sort of do it off that. I'd probably say I'd try and do, like, those trick stalks a lot less often as... Uh, usually I'm just 
stalking, I guess, in any situation I can. Uh, decent survivors usually will reveal you pretty fast. You can sort of, uh, through a lot of glass windows, uh, that's a really good place you can stalk through a lot. Even even if you can't, like, they can't see you, I guess. Things like on, uh, what do you call it? Uh, Father Campbell's, the stained glass in the church and glass in, like, Haddonfield windows. It's, it, or, or uh, even Ormond's windows. It's very hard to see through, but you can still stalk through them pretty easy. So, yeah, uh, usually, I mean, it might just be better off. You'd want to try and focus more on getting a lean stalk because then you can stalk them faster. But even some of those places uh, are pretty good places to stalk through. Because, yeah, I, I try and expose them right as I'm on them. So, yeah, I, I'd probably want to try and stalk them faster rather than, like, them not seeing me. So you, you're loading into a game and you see a bunch of survivors that are all dressed the same or literally they've all switched at the last minute and they're all dressed the exact same. They've all got like flashlights and toolboxes and stuff like that. So how do you deal with them knowing that it's hard to stalk and remember who you've actually stalked? Uh, usually it's sometimes it's just might be just like trying to remember like what position they are on the uh, UI. There isn't a ton of things you can do about it too much, uh, but maybe it's just like, I mean, if I'm, one of them's the obsession, so that that would be like one way you can figure out who they are. Uh, one or two might be injured, and then it's like you might just be able to like figure out who's who based off that. It, it can be really annoying to like figure out who's like, I guess, who to expose and who not to because of that though. It was one of the things that I remember when they changed the UI, I was really happy about. Back when they changed the UI to like, you know, uh, white survivor portraits, just like random heads to those like icons, they moved the UI to the top left, which a lot of people were really pissed off about. And it was a very bad place for it. I don't like, I don't know why it was put up there, but one of the things that I was, I was just happy that I was able to see who's who on the survivor icons. Because, yeah, beforehand, I just had to sort of remember names and just figure out based off that. And with the seeing, being able to see who's who on the icons, it made Ghostface so much more helpful. Uh, so it evened out the fact that the UI was in a silly spot. So if you could make any changes to Ghostface's kit, what would they be? Uh, I think Ghostface is in a fairly decent spot uh, right now. A lot of people don't really like... I, I I know he is probably more on the weaker side than the stronger side, either way. It's... I mean, he's probably got, like, maybe a few add-ons after the rework that aren't... probably don't get too much value anyways. A lot of his green ones uh, are pretty bad. But, yeah, maybe it's just because I'm comparing it to, like, before Ghostface's rework, where I'd say almost all of his add-ons were very bad or just uninteresting. He's got a lot of decent add-ons still, so I'm sort of happy with that. And compared to other killers' add-ons, he seems like it's like on par with like which ones. Like every killer has some add-ons that are really weak or can't be used at all. So it seems about on par as those killers. In terms of that, though, uh, I mean, I've seen some ideas where it's like exposed. I, I think Otz had an idea where it's like if you ex people who are marked have like a lower movement speed or something. Uh, not sure. Yeah, I, I it'll, it'll be hard to see how that will play out. I think it might be decent. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just hard to see without it, like, seeing it, like, right in front of you, I guess, and testing it out and all that. Uh, 
yeah, maybe. I don't. I don't know if any people still find the reveal issue uh, annoying or something. Uh, maybe they can do something to do with that. I think it's just in a really good spot. It's hard to think of like much that you can change with them, really. Thanks very much for joining us. That was great. Yeah, thank you for coming along, this guy. Is there anything you'd like to shout out? We know you've got a Twitch uh, a Twitch page. We'd like to shout that out. It's going the link for it's going in the description anyway. Any like other handles you have? YouTube, Twitter, anything like that. Uh, sure. Uh, well, I mean, all my uh, socials will be on is on my Twitch and all that if people are interested. But yeah, my Twitch is sk underscore. Uh, Twitter's skau maybe. Uh, yeah, most of it should be there. But uh, yeah, I, I stream mostly, I guess, uh, or multiple times a week. I, I guess my schedule's a bit weird. Uh, I also do hopefully bi-weekly YouTube videos around now. But yeah, uh, thank you so much for having me. It's great uh, being here. Nice. You're very welcome. Thank you for sharing your time with us. All right. You guys have a lovely, I guess it's, it's daytime for you guys. Have a lovely rest of your day. See you guys soon. And that's it. We've reached the end of another great podcast, and it was really nice to speak to SK. If you've enjoyed this podcast, then why not give us a review on Apple Podcast? And if you're on Spotify, and give us a rating. It would really help us out tremendously. So thank you to everybody who's rated already. It's been great. We also have more interviews on the website, intothefogcast.com, or just search for Into the Fogcast on your favorite podcasting app. This episode was recorded on patch 6.3.2. And I'd like to thank SK for agreeing to do the interview, myself and Topher for everything else, and all links will be in the description of the podcast, and we hope you have a great day.